This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Abner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. And also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Shout out to the people that are currently listening to us on ESPN Radio. Dan Wolkenstein, big, big matchup for the Los Angeles Chargers this coming weekend as the Detroit Lions are currently on the table. Like Lion King, I think it's Scar. I'm not going to sing it, but be prepared, Chargers <laughs> fans. This one is going to be spicy. This one's going to be physical. This is going to be a grueling matchup. And I, for one, am so pumped, amped, ready for this. This is going to bring a lot of truth to what this Chargers team is and what this Chargers season is going to look like. Yes. We're going to get into all of it, going through matchups, key predictions for both sides, not game matchups. We're not doing that again, Jake. I'm already going to preface it. But offensive defense on both sides. Uh, this Lions team, Jake, like they are arguably the most balanced team on both sides in the NFL. And we'll get into it. But the Chargers are going to have to bring an A game on both sides. And their leaders are going to have to lead in their performances if they're going to come out with a victory. Jake, before we get to all of that, uh, we do have a giveaway. I do want yes. people to remember. We're going to be announcing it at the start of the Chargers versus Lions game. We got a signed Keenan Allen poster, Mr. 10K Slay, courtesy of Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia, who have been fantastic to us and Chargers fans. Uh, go to X. We have it on our pinned tweet or post. With for your chance to win again, the poll closes Sunday morning prior to kickoff. Jake, I'm so pumped. SoFi is going to be crazy. The fans from Detroit travel well. This has a playoff atmosphere vibe to me. How do you feel kind of going into this game? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you afraid? Jazzed? I know you're a little bit more on board this week. Like, how are you? The Chargers still need to prove something, Dan, against a legitimate opponent. That's one thing that they have failed to do thus far this season. So, yes, that's the looming question mark that hangs over this team. And already with the early predictions, you're starting to see a majority of people pick Detroit to win this game, which I totally understand. Detroit's coming off of a bye. They're getting get a handful of guys back healthy for this team or for this game, excuse me. And this is going to be a very, very tough matchup for the Chargers to do. As Dan mentioned, one word that really stuck out to me, and I was thinking the exact same thing, the Chargers are going to have to be physical with this team, offensively and defensively, because Dan Campbell, who a head coach that I very highly respect in the yes. league, love his attitude, love the identity that he has created for that Detroit Lions team on both sides of the ball. You're going to have to try your best if you're the Chargers to match that. And obviously, there's a lot of things, especially offensively, that you were not able to succeed against that Jets defense on Monday night that you're going to have to tighten the screws, retool. You already know you're not having your second or your third wide receiver in this game and Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer. So the rapport with Quentin Johnson is going to have to continue to grow. You're going to have to infuse Darius Davis into this lineup a lot more, get the tight ends more involved. Can you get this running game? going 
we still have not seen a good running performance since week one against the Miami Dolphins. So the Chargers are going to have to try to be as balanced offensively as the Detroit Lions are because this has a potential for a shootout game if the Chargers are able to match defensively. You're going to have to want to build on the last two games as regardless of who the opponent has been. The basics, the fundamentals, the easy things. How can you build off of that to carry in to this Detroit Lions game? Because Detroit's not flawless by any means. They definitely have their weaknesses. There's areas where this Chargers team can exploit on both sides of the ball. But you have to obviously have a great week of practice. You're coming off of a short week on Monday Night Football. And it's always been from practice to execution. Now, for the last two weeks, the Chargers have been able to succeed at that. But against a quality opponent, you have to come out ready and in a game that you absolutely need. Yeah. And I think there's a few kind of very key storylines to this game that we're going to get into here in a bit. Um, But looking at kind of the two teams overall, before we get to offense versus defense, you know, we talked about the balance the the Lions offense and defense like they both have playmakers on both sides but I wouldn't necessarily say that their playmakers have really been like home run hitters this season I think they have both sides have been very quality and they have been efficient but you know when you look at the defensive side you look at like Aiden Hutchinson four and a half sacks I mean Morgan Fox has more sacks than he does or as many as he does Thule, Morgan Fox, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, like that. Chargers defense has 10 more sacks than the Lions do. On offense, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, Amon Ross Brown, Jared Goff, all of them, like they've been solid. They've been good, but like they haven't been stellar, elite. I don't think any of them are Pro Bowl, all pro players right now. They have just been smart, efficient on both sides of the ball. And that has translated to a six and two record. You can't say the same thing about the Chargers, which is why they're four and four. And I think that's going to be kind of a storyline as we go through. Like the Chargers are going to have to stay efficient, stay smart on both sides of the ball. And through eight games, nine weeks, we have not seen a single game where both sides have been smart and efficient the entire game or most of the game. So, Jake, as we do every week, (laughs) Chargers offense versus the Lions defense, or vice versa. I will give you the keys. Where will we start today? Let's start on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers, Dan, because I'm glad you brought that up because you were starting to talk about, you know, sacks for what the Chargers have been able to accumulate so far this season. They're, you know, one of the top teams when it comes to that statistic. But obviously, a lot of that, especially over the last two weeks, has come against not the best offensive line competition. You talk about the Detroit Lions offensive line. That's a much better step up in competition for the fact that they're getting a couple guys back on that offensive line this week. That's going to be a big problem to contend with. Panay Sewell is is playing some of his best football as it stands right now. I'd be interested to know how the rotation is going to be between Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and, and Thule as far as who's going to be coming from that side. And Dan, offensively for this team, the Lions have weapons. They have got weapons. It's not you forget, just... A, you forget the guy they have. It's You're not right. just Amon Amon uh, Ross St. Brown. Jamison Williams, a wide receiver that we talked about in 
<laughs> a lot when it came to this show a couple years back. Sam Laporta, who we talked about on this show last year when it came to the uh, to the draft. And you have a two-headed monster in the backfield. Jameer Gibbs, another guy who we talked about. <laughs> I mean, you talk about you talk about balance offensively. Jared Goff again playing some of the best football that he's played in his career right now. There are a lot of ways that this offense can attack this Chargers defense. Yes. So when I when I talk about I, again, I'm going to harken back to the to that word physical because I said last week leading up against uh, going up against the Jets, the, Char- the Chargers were going to have to arguably play their most physical game. On that, defense, on that, sure. And there were a lot of plays that you could point out to where there was physicality there. The best we've seen today, this year, by far. You're going to have to build on that six days later. And against these weapons, you're going to have to find a way to get after Jared Goff, disrupt the timing, knock guys off their routes, whatever it is. But you're going to have to find a way to do that defensively. And it's going to be a tall task. It is. And and you look at kind of this stretch for the Lions. Um, they have three games in 11 days. And unlucky for the Chargers, the Chargers are the first of them, and for them coming off of a bye week. But mm-hmm. from the Chargers, the Lions go at Chargers. Then seven days later, they go, at the, they go home at the Bears and then Packers. The Lions, I would guess, are probably thinking we got to go two and one at least. And the one... Possible L would be against the Chargers. Packers, Bears, they probably have circled as a win. This is the first of a grueling stretch for them. And it would be lovely to see the Chargers kind of put that on them early as an L. But you mentioned kind of the physicality of the offensive line getting healthy. Unhealthy, quote unquote. I think they're seventh best in the NFL in sacks allowed per game. And they're getting healthier. They're going up against the Chargers team that is tied for second in total sacks. And there was the, the the Lions. I love this about the Lions, Jake. They do like a weekly segment where they have one of their uh, reporters, like team reporters, talk with Dan Campbell ahead of their upcoming matchup. And Dan Campbell was talking about the Chargers defensive line and Mac and Bosa. And essentially, he said like with his guys being healthy, his tackles left and right, he is comfortable with those matchups against Mac and Bosa. Strong words. I would argue it's not just those two, by the way, but strong words. And I think as Chargers fans, you probably think the same thing. That's a great on great matchup on both sides with kind of the equalizer in this or the advantage in this would be Thule and Morgan Fox. So the the Lions offense, kind of to your point, like they kind of have everything. And while they have a ton of weapons, there are some kind of tells of that team. You mentioned kind of Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Like, that's a hell of a thunder and lightning duo. Both of them get over 67 yards per game. Jameer Gibbs is 67. I think David Montgomery is like 77 or 78, something like that. Something like that. But in the passing game, Jake, it's Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. Like, those are the two main, main weapons in the passing game. Jake, half, half, 50% of Goff's entire targets and receptions go to those two players. 11 other players make up the other half. Now, that being said, the other tell, Josh Reynolds is the deep guy. Leads their team in yards per touch at 18 yards per game. Next closest player is less than 13 yards per touch. So, 
do not let Josh Reynolds beat you deep. Keep Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta underneath. You're probably going to blanket Amon Ross St. Brown, similar to what you've done with other wide receiver ones. Sam Laporta and Derwin are probably going to see a lot of each other. But the Lions offense, we talk about balance. Like, Jake, listen to some of these stats. Okay? Like, I don't want to bore you, but listen to some of these stats. Second in yards per game. And the reason for that is because they are balanced on offense on both running and passing. Sixth in yards per game passing. Sixth in yards per game rushing. Seventh best, I mentioned, sacks per game. 13th and third down third down conversion. But, this is a big but. 25th. 25th in red zone efficiency. The Chargers defense, if there's one thing they're kind of known for, they give up a bunch of passing yards. Kind of that bend but don't break. You hope that the opposing offenses will make a mistake. In my opinion, that is one of the most important factors and storylines of this game, Jake, is the Chargers defense versus the Lions offense in the red zone. In my opinion, that is arguably the biggest piece of what will bring a win or loss on Sunday. I know that this Chargers defense currently right now is not of the caliber of Baltimore, of Cleveland, you know, it's not quite there as it relates to the upper echelon elite defenses as it stands right now. Dallas, San Francisco, keep going down the list. Kansas City even. But I would hope that Brandon Staley, Ronaldo, or I was about to say Ronaldo Hill, <laughs> Derek Ansley. Wow. <laughs> what? Clearly, I'm living in a different year. <laughs> I would hope that they would be pulling a lot of the film from the Baltimore Ravens game. From just a few weeks yeah. ago. Now, I, I don't expect a stat line to where you're keeping the Lions to 13 yards offensively in the first half and you're blowing them out 38 to 6 in that particular game. No, I don't expect that. But there are, can you bring a similar physicality to that, to this game? And I feel like the Chargers, especially in these last couple of weeks, especially with their defense playing the way that it has been. And just you see the excitement, and you even heard Derwin after the game to know that that they know what the underlying theme here is. They know you go out and you beat Chicago, you beat the Jets. You know what it is that you have coming this week. Nobody's undermining that. I don't think that the Chargers are underestimating that fact. They know what it is that they have to do. And as you mentioned, Dad, some of those stats again; those are those are areas that the Chargers can build off of. Still the surprising one to me is the red zone offense mm-hmm. comparison with the, with the Detroit Lions because the Chargers, if there's one thing you could say about them defensively, as Dan said, bend but don't break, it's a little bit similar to ha- kind of how the Jets play. When they get into a short, condensed field, when they get closer to the red zone, they actually do pretty well when it comes to keeping opponents out of the end zone. And that is because their front is very good at pressuring the quarterback not necessarily getting home to the quarterback with sacks and hits, but pressures and hurries, they're very good. And so they can do that up front, and they can have eight guys, seven guys, covering the red zone. One thing that we haven't seen attack this defense over the last couple of weeks, Dan, aside from one play, the opening play of the Chicago game, has been the explosive plays. And I think that's what we're all thinking about at this point right now. Again, you look at this team offensively. 
breaking news. The Detroit Lions game goes right through Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think that should be news to anybody. <laughs> it's a, that should be a shock to nobody. I think Goff is going to target him early and often. If Dan Campbell is smart, he is going to keep Jameer Gibbs infused into this offense for what he brings from the running back standpoint. And if if you can allow this Detroit Lions offense to be balanced, it's going to be a long day. You have to figure out a way to take something away from Jared Goff. You have to figure out a way to maybe not jump out to a huge lead, but take away something from this offense to where your defense can start taking risks, can pin its ears back, can bring a couple of guys on the blitz to confuse Jared Goff. I would say I would like to see a hell of a lot more stunts in this particular game, given who the Detroit Lions tackles are. I would like to see them get a little bit creative as far as where they're going to be getting bringing pressure from. Last two weeks, you haven't really had to do that. You've won your one-on-one matchups pretty you know, pretty well. But I think in this game, you're going to really have to dig deep into your book and bring out some creativity. Yeah, and one theme that we have seen kind of plague and then also start to figure itself out for this Chargers team is the idea of complementary football. And and you could relate that to many angles of the of the of the game. But in one aspect, complementary football bodes true is protecting and taking the football away. Jake, did you know through week nine, the Chargers rank number one in the entire NFL in turnover differential? Best in the NFL. The defense, complimentary football. Defense tied for fourth with 15 turnovers forced. The offense tied for second with only six giveaways. That is a recipe for success. Now, that will have to continue, obviously. But say what you will about the Chargers defense. And is it elite like some of those other teams in many categories? No. But in some categories, yes. The Chargers are tied for second in the NFL in sacks. Just talked about turnover differential. Points, they're starting to creep back towards the pack a little bit right now, which is important. I think at the end of the day, like points per game allowed is probably what is arguably most important. They're down to 21.8 points per game, which is 21st in the NFL. For context, the Lions are 1.2 points different than that. 20.6 points per game, that's 15th. The Chargers are right there. The Chargers defense is right there. So I think I know a lot of people harp on like the passing yards per game allowed. And yes, that has been skewed by games against Minnesota and against Miami. We've seen that. I get it. But I don't necessarily know if there is really correlation between passing yards per game allowed and team success. Like, I genuinely don't. And the reason I say that, before we get to the other side of the ball here, I I put this out just to kind of get people's temperature on this. But a lot of people are upset about the Chargers passing yards per game allowed. And they'll immediately go, that equals defense sucks. Right? Here's a few teams. Eagles, 8-1. Jaguars, 6-2. Chiefs, 7-2. Ravens, 7. These are all great teams, right? Chargers, Panthers. Chargers, 4-4. Panthers, 1-7. Eagles. This is passing yards per game allowed. Defense through week 9. Eagles ranked 29th. 
Jaguars at six and two, thirtieth. Then you flip it, seven and two Chiefs, fourth best. Seven and two Ravens, second best. Obviously, four and four Chargers, last thirty second. The one and seven Panthers, fifth best. I'm not sure that passing yards per game allowed equals good or bad defense. It is, it is a factor, sure, but I think that's also by design. As long as the defense does its job on the back end at the end of the day, i.e., points, explosive plays, and as long as the offense holds its own weight, specifically at the most opportune times, i.e., end of game scenarios. The difference between a lot of these teams. Look at the Chargers, four and four, Eagles, eight and one, Jaguars, six and two. All of those, 30th, 29th, and 32nd worst. The difference between the Eagles and Jaguars and the Chargers is look what the offense for those two teams have done at the end of games versus the Chargers. So as we now flip to that side of the football, Chargers offense, Lions defense. A key storyline that we're going to need to focus on that Chargers are going to have to improve is can they end up scoring when it matters most? End of game, middle eight. Those are the two most important points. For those who are on ESPN Radio, be sure to follow us over on LAC underscore Unleashed on X or on YouTube and at LAFB Network. We'll talk to you guys soon. But Jake, let's continue. Chargers. Offense, Lions defense. In my eyes, Jake, this is the one that I'm more concerned with. Sure. Let's say you. Well, the Lions defense ain't the Jets defense. Let's just get that. Let's just get that out of the way. If we're we're trying to talk about the narrative that is currently out there about Justin Herbert as it stands right now and what he did or did not do, depending on what side of the coin you sit on. I would look at this as I would actually underlie look at that as a great thing. And the Chargers still ended up coming out with a dominant win on that said albeit, it last episode, 100%. Albeit, albeit defensively, but you don't think that Justin Herbert's pissed off at himself for his performance. Keenan Allen, even though he broke 10K yards, is pissed off at himself for that performance. Jalen Guyton not even receiving a catch. Obviously, he wants to get back into the action. Quentin Johnston, yes. well, he only ended up having two catches. Yes. Now, Obviously, execution at the end of the day, that that matters. But to have a game like that where you essentially just fall on your face offensively. I guess a good team, but still. Going, <laughs> and you know the opponent that you have to face? Hey, to me, my ass is getting in the film room. My ass is getting back to work the very next day. I would assume that that would be what this offense is doing. And they're going to have to do it, Dan. They're going to have to do this. I see this as much more in the mold if we were to I don't want to necessarily compare defenses but I want to take this from like the game that we saw Justin Herbert came back against Minnesota or the game against Chicago especially the first half I see this as I don't want to say a get right but a game where I could just totally come see Justin Herbert coming out firing on all cylinders yes. as opposed yep. to what happened last week because He wasn't given the time. His receivers weren't getting open because of that secondary. I see this as a total... You're going to see a different offense, essentially, than what you saw on Monday night, to put it short. 
And to, and to, to give your point fuel, which I 1000% agree. And I love that. Like it should be a pissed off offense after a win, which is what like you want to see a pissed off team and fueled while still winning. I would argue every single facet of that offense sucked. Offensive line sucked. Running game sucked. Receivers sucked for the most part. Chargers quarterback, worst game of his career, arguably. Play calling wasn't great. All like all of them could go into a room and be like, what the hell was that? Yeah, that's a good defense. But still, <laughs> look at us. I love that. That team should be pissed off on offense. And that's one thing you I think you can kind of gauge a team by is how well they respond after they got punched in the mouth and they just got punched in the mouth for an entire game. And they got lucky that their Chargers defense was balling all season. Or excuse me, all game. Now, looking at kind of the statistics, right? We talk about the, the Chargers offense versus the Lions defense. And I kind of alluded to it earlier, but the, the Lions defense, like they win on quarterback hurries and pressures. And they, they want to try to shrink the pocket on the opposing offense, opposing quarterback and make the, un- the quarterback uncomfortable. They're second in the NFL in hurries, ninth in pressure percentage. But for as good as this defense is, right? And we'll talk about like their third down conversion, second best. Fourth down conversion, 14th. Only give up the fifth fewest yards per game. Second fewest rushing yards per game. 15th in passing yards per game is this Lions defense. Sacks, Jake, 18th. They're second in hurries, ninth in pressure, but only 18th in sacks. They don't get home. Also, 18th in knockdowns. The Chargers offense, Justin Herbert, does pretty darn good under pressure. It does pretty darn good kind of holding to the last second. That's a that's kind of an advantage Chargers on that side. Aiden Hutchinson hasn't been hasn't gotten a sack, I think, in like three games. Again, four and a half sacks for him. Khalil Mack has double that. So looking at this, points per game, Chargers offense is eighth. Like they got a score in this game. We already talked about the red zone difference. Second best, this Chargers offense is Jake in the red zone. Second best in the NFL. Going up against a Lions defense that is 27th. If that trend continues, the Chargers probably win this game. And that's not being a, me being a homer. That's me looking at where arguably the most important field position is and who does better there. Where it gets a little dicey, <laughs> where it gets dicey is can the Chargers efficiently go down the field? Because that's where the Lions defense does very well. Second worst opposing offenses have the second worst third down conversion percentage going up against the Lions. And the Chargers offense, 12th, you know, above half. But we've seen as of late, Jake, and this is one of the other storyline I have. Can this offense get out of its own way? Actually look at their players. Look at what they do well. And scheme for that. Period. Like the, the Jets game, you can kind of, you know, while they're going to be pissed off and all that, Jake, like, you know, they, they can say, oh, that's a great Jets team. Fine. But what about the other four weeks that this offense has regressed arguably every week? 
you and I talked about it for weeks now. Like, Jake, what is this offense doing? What is this offense right now? You're still searching for an identity, Dan. Obviously, you don't have a running game to stand on. Only recently have you made an effort to put Austin Eckler in space, at least two weeks ago. Yeah, I say an effort because two (laughs) weeks ago, you did it, you succeeded. You weren't able to do that in the Jets game, even though Austin Eckler ended up getting himself a pair of touchdowns. But you need more of that. Joshua Kelly needs to be more involved in this offense. This is, and again, I go back to key stat you said there, down third down. Everybody's ears should be pricked up when you say that because the Chargers have done this all season, not just in the Jets game. It only happened just more frequently in the Jets game, but that was basically a microcosm. Yeah, a microcosm of what their season's been when they've gotten themselves into trouble on third down. I said this last week going into the Jets game, and I feel like a broken record here. The Chargers need to put themselves in third and short situations because when they are in third and 10 plus constantly, opposing defenses always are able to tee off on this offensive line. And again, I don't, I don't know about, the stat, I don't know the stats, Jake, but like, I would argue, I don't know this. I'm just making this up off my head, but someone proved me wrong. Third and eight or higher. I would argue the Chargers probably have more of those than any other team in the NFL, at least top five. Right. Because you can't get a running game going early on when you try to do that on first down, it doesn't net you any positive yardage. Whatever ends up happening in the on on second down, whether it be a rush or a pass, it doesn't net you a lot of yards and get you into those third and short situations. So here you go, and you need another heroic effort from Justin Herbert in order to get a third down conversion. But opposing defenses have keyed into this. They will bring the house. They will bring extra pressure to get to Justin Herbert. And the fact that this offensive line has not been playing at its best, you can't always rely on them to have the best protection, especially when it comes to interior pressure. Dan, we have to highlight Trey Pipkins is in for a hell of a day on Sunday, having to block Aiden Hutchison. You mentioned that he hasn't gotten a sack in a while. That trend may quickly change on Sunday afternoon. I feel like what Dan Campbell and that coaching staff scheme up defensively, because they have playmakers on that defense. Obviously, you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. Brian Branch is playing, is having a very, very good rookie year for himself. So I'd be interested to know if is he, where is he going to be? Is he going to be manning the tight ends? Is he going to be the double coverage on Keenan Allen and try to take him out of the game? Where is he going to be? But in terms of just overall game plan, right off the bat, the Chargers have to stay ahead of the sticks and they need to put themselves in third and five or less. That to me is how you dictate the pace of this game. That is how you move down the field. That is how you get into the red zone and give yourself an opportunity to score points because you're going to need it against this one. I could totally see this game being similar to the way that the Miami game went, where it's just back and forth, heavyweight shot for shot. (laughs) And again, let's not forget the Chargers are playing without two of their wide receivers. So it just, it feels like it could become more difficult for the Chargers to score points because of certain players that are not in this game. So that's where it's on this coaching staff to scheme to get them open. Use your tight ends more. Utilize Gerald Everett and Donald Parham in between the 20s, not just in the red zone. Obviously, continue 
to bring up Quentin Johnston into this offense. I really like the fact that in early on in that Jets game, they took a deep shot to Quentin Johnston. Unfortunately for him, he was being covered by Sauce Gardner, and he said, no, thank you. That's not happening here. But I like that idea. Can you take a deep shot to Jalen Guyton? What have we always said, Dan? Nobody was going, no single person was going to fill the void of Mike Williams. Now you're down Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer. The need for wide receiver and running back by committee getting involved in this offense is, it can't be more paramount than what it is right now. I think what bothers me about the offense is like they've seen successes that we're asking for more of. And for whatever reason, and again, maybe the Jets game was just an anomaly and they were able to take their foot off the gas and just kind of cruise and just drain clock, give it back to the defense and get out of there. Maybe. Who knows? But if we see it again, like, you got to be kidding me. What we saw with Darius Davis on the punt return last year, last week, which incredible. But you see him succeed on the offense, and then they just sometimes say, all right, well, that's enough. <laughs> Quentin Johnston, same thing. Like, for the life of me, I do not understand. Like, this is so simple. Why the Chargers do not do mesh concepts with those two players going across each other. Put those two players, drags, crossers, whatever, one of them is going to be open in space. I promise you. And if you can't do that, at least give him like a screen or something. Give Darius Davis a screen. Give him five. I guarantee you one of them's going to go. You saw what he did with no space in punt return. You mentioned Quentin Johnson, Jake. Justin Herbert was at the podium yesterday and was asked about kind of the chemistry with him and Quentin. And I'll just read this quote, which I think bodes well for Quentin as the season goes on. I think Daniel Popper kind of predicted that he sees Quentin Johnson having the breakout game coming soon. But quote, the past couple of weeks, we've done our best to get him the ball. Him being Quentin Johnson. This is, again, Justin Herbert saying this. He's a talented, special player. We have to find more ways to get him the ball, whether that's in space or whether it's fly sweeps, things like that. The more reps we get together, the more time we get, the more we're going to feel comfortable with each other and the more that he's going to get the ball. We know how talented he is. It's just a matter of time. While that feels great, and I love the sound of that, we're at week 10. Like, whether or not you think he's ready, or whether or not you think you trust him, at some point, like, you gotta have trial by fire. And, like, this is the time to do it. This is a crossroads, season-defining moment again. Yep. For this Chargers team. And we talked about last week, Jake, like how the Chargers offense kind of left some bullets in the chamber. This is the game where you let those things fly. Like, yes, we know the offense kind of starts and stops with Keenan Allen, especially on third down. But the Lions know that too. Yes, we know that Austin Eckler is great in space, but the Lions know that too. You have this untapped potential an untapped talent. It's time to unleash it, no pun intended. And I think that's what I'm hoping for in this game. Like, we could talk about the stats. We could talk about all that stuff. But, like, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, I'll stand on it. While you, you look at the offense, right? Look at some of these stats, and they're not bad, but 
currently, Jake, the points per game, okay? Chargers offense ranked eighth. Passing yards per game, Chargers offense, 10th. Rushing yards per game, 21st. Sacks per game, 21st. Penalties per game, eighth best. That's pretty good. Eighth, 10th, 10th, 21st. What are these numbers? At the beginning of the season, we're talking about top five offense is like the bar. And so knowing that, knowing how this team is built, this offense has let this team down. The offense, I think, is far lower to what people were expecting than the defense right now. When you got Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Rashawn Slater and Quentin Johnston and Kellen Moore, it needs to be better than 10th. It needs to be better than 10th. I don't think that's asking too much for that. Everyone wants to crown Justin Herbert, and he is an elite quarterback. Given all these weapons, I know he's got a hurt finger. Like all he's been playing good, but this team collectively on offense has to be better. They're four and four right now. I'm not putting all the blame on the offense, but in the four losses, you can't argue facts. In the four losses, this Chargers offense had the ball with a chance to tie or win in every one of them and didn't at the end of the game. Fact. They got to start getting this thing together. And you're seeing that gel come together on defense. Like right now, offense versus defense, camaraderie, gelling, could not be more polar opposite right now. If the offense can do half of what the Chargers defense can do, collectively, complementary with each other, Super Bowl contender. But right now, they aren't. That's your ballgame. <laughs> it's hard to really add to anything of what Dan said there because he's right in every single aspect of that. Dan, I want to talk a little bit about the coaching aspect here because I think that's also going to be a battle in this. Yeah. And we obviously know what Dan Campbell brings to this table, what he's infused into this team over the last couple of years. We know the identity that he wants to play with. You started to see a little bit of that defensively for this Chargers come about and playing more physical. You just hope that it continues offensively. Dan, we said it last week when the pressure was coming, when Justin Herbert was, was getting hit, when just couldn't have any connection with any of his wide receivers. We kept looking at it because this is where Justin Herbert still had to take some of the blame in the Monday night win is I felt like there was a lot of coverage pressure because he was looking downfield too long, taking five-step drops, holding onto that ball too long, and ultimately ended up getting sacked in some of those situations. Hell, I don't really give a damn if the Chargers go deep in this game, even though I think that they should take some opportunities. But to me, if this has to be another Minnesota game or 15 straight completion game of, as you said, Dan, Justin Herbert taking three straps, get the ball out over the middle, wherever it is, to whoever it is. I don't care. Because I kind of look at this offense similar in the mold to Kansas City, and I'm not talking about personnel, but they're still now trying to fill a void where it's like, obviously, Keenan Allen, Travis Kelsey, that would be the respective quarterback's number one option, which it is. 
Kansas City's still looking for their their consistent number two option. I think right now with Mike Williams and Joshua Palmer gone, it's similar to how Justin Herbert is trying to navigate this. It's similar to how Brandon Staley is trying to navigate this. But you've got to figure this out. It's not just going to be one person. I will keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Put it your playmakers. Be. No, put your playmakers in a position to succeed out there on the field. And I say that offensively because defensively, that seems like that has come around a little it's bit. A weird, it's a weird world, right? Like we're the fact that we're this harsh on the offense, like it's it just it feels weird. I know the last two games have been against like below average offenses. I get that, but I think we're both realizing, and I hope other listeners and fans notice like the offense has left a lot to be desired. Yes. And and again, when I say that, I'm saying you got to be giving more snaps and more play calls to your younger talent or talent that you only end up using in the red zone. Gerald Everett just out there bull rushing people. <laughs> Feed him the ball. Feed him the ball. Feed Joshua Kelly the ball. I know stats don't lie, but they also don't tell the full story. But feed Joshua Kelly the ball in terms of trying to get this run game going. Give me some jet sweeps with Darius Davis. Use the best thing about him that you drafted him for is his speed. Utilize that with Quentin Johnston. Get him in a position to where he could be out in space and pick up that extra yak. Give that to me. You inf- if you succeed in infusing those things and that's you, how you tailor this game plan, you can win this game. I got goosebumps just listening to you. Like I, I don't I genuinely do not understand why this Chargers offense doesn't take a quick survey. Why Kellen Moore, Brandon Staley, sure, take a quick survey of this Chargers offense so far and say, okay, look, um the offense has been a little leaky at times. Corey Lindsley is not there. Like we've seen the impact of that. Mike Williams, Josh Palmer aren't there. We've seen the impact of that. All right, what do we got? All right, we got these yak monsters, right? We've got Austin Eckler, yak monster. Jalen Everett, yak monster. Quentin Johnson, yak monster. Darius Davis, yak monster. We've got third now. Keenan Allen, he is the go-to guy. If you ever need just a solid catch, someone just to shake somebody to get open, that's him. We've got Jalen Guyton now. Stretch the field. How you go from that... And then turn into the game plan that they've had so far. Like, that is so opposite. If they ha- like, if they just go, all right, offense, yeah, that's what we're going to design for. I think they're going to be just fine. Like, yeah, not all the time. But at least give me, like, 20%? 30? Hell, I'd go 60 if it was me, but whatever. So, Jake... This is the big one. We're not going to go. We're not going to go predictions here. So far, the Chargers have won two straight games in the games that we have not done predictions on. <laughs> so I was literally just going to say, uh, maybe we shouldn't poke the bear. Nope. Nope. Uh, but I think let's let's do some bold predictions, though. That's fair. I'll take that. Um, I'm going to get you on this one because you got me two two weeks ago when you started talking about this. Uh Bold prediction, this is Quentin Johnston's breakout game. <laughs> define, define bold prediction, or define breakout, I mean. Bold prediction, okay, so if you look at the Chicago game, that was the most action that he had saw. Uh, I say that he will eclipse that by, I say he'll eclipse that by 
three catches, so like 30, more, 30 more yards. So eight for 80-ish? And a touchdown. Hey, if we see 880 and a touchdown, take that. I'm telling like Chargers fans are going to explode. <laughs> Eventually it's going to happen. So it's just like it's just a matter of time. I like it. I like it. I think I really like that. I like I I, I so badly want to say, oh, this offense is gonna blow up, score 30 plus. But I just no. Like, yeah, that'd be a bold prediction, but that's like, at this point, it's kind of unrealistic to say it. If the Chargers have had registered a game where they had found a way to put up points on the board in all four quarters of the game, I would say that that's more realistic. And if they had done that against a quality opponent, I would say that that's realistic. But you just can't trust that right now. Even the Chicago game, you go off in the first half and then you come back to earth and are not really able to recover from that. So... I don't think it's going to be that type of a game. Again, do I think it could be something similar to where it's like the Chargers need to be so aggressive in order to keep up with the Lions and find themselves in a shootout? That I see very likely to happen. I mean, look at it, Jake. Week one, Chargers score 34. Then 24, 28, 24, 17, 17. They score 30 against the Bears. We'll take it. 27 against the Jets. Remember, Seven of them came off of a punt return. Seven of them came off of a a defensive turnover that ended up being at like the two. So realistically, that was like 13 points on offense. 30 points against this defense would be a huge, huge milestone. So bold prediction. Like I'm kind of afraid to even do a bull prediction on offense, to be honest. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm gonna stick with the defense. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go th- two interceptions. I almost did three, but I'm gonna go two interceptions by the defense, and I think you're gonna see at least five sacks again. And you heard Dan Campbell kind of talk about how impressed he is, and he likes his matchups on the offensive line. Like I think this Chargers defense is for real. And it's because they don't just have two guys. They can go four deep rushers, arguably five. So five plus sacks, two plus inter- interceptions specifically. And I think this, I hope to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to the, I'm not going to talk to the offense. Don't do it. Dan. Uh, don't do it. This is, this is going to be a must see game. I think SoFi is going to be electric playoff atmosphere. Detroit fans do travel well. So be prepared. But I implore all Chargers fans, if you are there, make noise, support your team, be loud on defense. Like this is the type of game you saw the Chargers fans show out in New Jersey. It's time to show out at SoFi as well. This is a huge game. And I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm actually jacked for this game. I'm happy to be in this mindset again after two pretty darn good wins. I said four and five. Let's ride three weeks ago. They've already got that. But five and four, Jake. Five and four is spicy. <laughs> Anything else? I want to tell the great friends before we head on out of here. Find a way to win. Just win. This is a game. I don't give two shits how they win. I don't care if they win on three defensive touchdowns. <laughs> I don't care if it's 31-30 or 19-18 or 6-2. A win's a win. 
five and four would be monumental. Let's see if they can do it. Let's see if they can do it. Jake, this is what this one's fun. We're at that point. Season's defined with these types of games. Can the Chargers beat a top team? And that's what this Lions team is. Top team. We'll find out on Sunday as they go up against the Lions. One o'clock-ish is the game start. For Jake Hefner, Dan Wolkenstein, Chargers Unleashed, and LA Football Network. Take it easy. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.